0: to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by Chevy DrivesChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. On this week's episode, we break down some of the highs and lows of the Super Bowl, both on the field and off, and we're joined by special guest Taylor Radish. In his first full season with the Blackhawks, Taylor's having a career year, and he's got a birthday coming up. Stick around, you won't want to miss the rest of this episode. It's the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Fosters, joined by Kaylee Chelios and Colby Cohen. Big episode, guys. The, the the seminal sporting event of the year, certainly in North America, certainly in the United States. Okay, it was the Super Bowl. I don't know, you can have the debate What's the most popular sporting event in the world? Is it the World Cup? Is it the Super Bowl in Canada? Maybe the Stanley Cup is more popular than the Super Bowl. Either way, it was a great game. There was a big call by the officials at the very end. And I got to say, I was having flashbacks watching the Super Bowl to the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. I mean, that's how ingrained the podcast has become in my mind you guys I was thinking specifically about the episode where we talked about in sellies or chirps whether officials should have to address the media for calls that they make during games especially calls that have a big impact on the outcome of the game and oh by gosh by golly we had one of those calls late in the Super Bowl last night Kansas City driving with the football in a tie game And a defensive holding call against Philadelphia allowed Kansas City's drive to continue. They ultimately kick a game-winning field goal and were essentially able to do so without leaving Philadelphia any time remaining on the clock. So we've got one Philadelphia Eagles fan on this podcast who actually brought up this discussion point earlier on the podcast. And I gotta ask you, Colby, what did you think when you saw that play and that call go down?
1: Well, look, I'm obviously a disappointed Eagles fan today, um especially seeing the way that that game ends. They don't even get the ball back into their hands. You know, look, it was a controversial call, and I was disappointed when that flag came out i didn't you know I didn't think there was a lot there, but then after the game, you know, Bradbury said he held him. You know the player said I put my hand on him, I was hoping I would get away with it uh, There's a lot of discussion about whether they were calling the game one way and then they didn't call the other. And and that's something you talk about in sports is, is referees setting a standard, but you know, ultimately I don't necessarily look at one play to decide a sporting event. You know, the Eagles were were up 10 points at halftime and got their butts kicked in the second half. So disappointing. Would have loved to have seen the official in a media scrum after the game. Uh, you know, like I said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, explaining his call that he made, but, uh, ultimately, you know, not, not enough there for the Eagles. Kaylee, I, I don't want to sound like a bitter Eagles fan. So I, I'm <laughs> taking a, I'm taking a tempered approach. Philly, Philly sports fans have a bad rep and I, I just, I'm, I don't want to contribute to the bad rep.
2: Oh, well, that's very generous, generous of you, Colby. And I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I think it's hard to judge a game based on one play. And I feel like in football, many times, too, after Super Bowls or big games, I feel like much more than in hockey, those calls are what stands out, you know, after the game, and fans remember those calls years later. I can't think of too many hockey calls that are ingrained in my mind as something that really made or, you know, or or broke a game for a team. So... A little bit different, but I'm with you in that if there's a call that big maybe, it, I think the official does have to explain things. There's even times now when I wish the officials would explain things better in um, in games with the Hawks this season. Even just looking at Sam Lafferty's double minor penalty that he took in the, the game against the Jets, I was very curious how he was supposed to maintain any more control over a stick than what he had to totally. negate getting that Double minor, and I think Luke Richardson, watching him talk to the official after two, was trying to get a, a further explanation. So, I think there's definitely instances where that that warrants a response, and that's like the gray areas where you need an explanation to be able to kind of decipher yeah. what what the next call is, how the next call is going to go if you're a player. So, and and that sequence actually in that game, you know, it did break the game for the Hawks. It kind of opened things up for the Jets, and they ended up losing four to one. So. I, I think there's definitely a, a, a room. There's room, Chris, for the officials to have to speak when it's necessary.
1: Well, and and Kaylee, Chris, I don't. I know she just addressed you, but I, I just we're sitting in the studio, and that Sam Lafferty thing happens, and like we have no idea because the rule says if it's a follow through, it's not a penalty. So then we basically start making our own rules up in the studio, and we're like, <laughs> well, maybe because he lost the puck and he he he. He thought he still had the puck, but it was clearly a shot follow through. And then where's the gray area? The puck rolled off his stick, but how long before a referee coming out after the game, talking to the media scrum, explaining the call, explaining what they went through and explaining the rule that puts all that to bed. I mean, in my opinion, so... I would have loved to have seen that, too, because it it just it left us really confused in the studio and basically starting to make up our own rules of like, well, maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. Like, we just had no idea.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. In addition to all of the pizza that I ate while watching (laughs) the Super Bowl, I was also forced to eat a slice of humble pie because that play in the Super Bowl caused me to really reflect on the stance that I had. On the on the podcast, and I actually found myself becoming much more aligned with with the point that you made, Colby, when we originally broached
1: this uh, several whoa, weeks ago. I got to write that down, Chris. Yeah. Aligning. Yeah. To,
2: whoa, that was it's, a good recorded, debate. That so. was a great debate between the two of you. We'll have to we'll have to pull that one back up.
0: I, I'm comfortable enough putting it on air. I, I think the reason why I was so shook by it was because. I really did see two drastic outcomes to this game because of that call. If if that call is not made, the Kansas City field goal unit comes out, kicks a field goal, and I'll give Kansas City the three points there. But they're up with a minute and a half left in the game at that point. And and Philadelphia has got time to put together a drive to either tie or take the lead in that game. And and the way that that it ended up playing out because of that call was that the, the Eagles only had one play. Yeah. instead of one drive to tie or take the lead. So I, I thought given just how drastic the the two outcomes were because of that one call, that's why i I personally would have loved to have heard why that call was made and and in addition, I don't think it should have been made and And I think that's the key too in in a, in a Super Bowl versus, the Stanley Cup Finals, the NBA Finals, or the World Series; those are all the, the the latter three are all best of three series. So you can have a big call in one of those games, but still have sorry best of seven series, but still have the rest of the of the series to play out and sort of correct things. But in, in the Super Bowl, it's it's one game, and I just I just didn't think yeah. the call should have been made there. But otherwise, it was a it was a heck of a game.
1: Well, I heard one thing on ESPN today that I thought was so interesting. Like I've never would have thought about this as just a football fan. And I think it was Ryan Clark uh, who who played, you know, defensive back or he was a corner. He played in, you know, one of those roles. And he said the mistake that was made was the, the, the defender covering him should have changed his glove color to start the game to match the Jersey color of the other team. Because on those plays, Their hand doesn't seem as apparent grabbing or holding onto the jersey if it's the same color. And he said he should have known better. And that's something that you talk about in the backfield as a defensive player in the NFL, wearing the matching glove color to the other team's jersey to help not make it as obvious. And I know that's like a little bit off topic here, but I heard that today and was like, whoa. That's a, that's a really Never interesting point. Yeah. I mean, but it's, but it makes sense because yep. those things are happening so quick and there's so much hand contact in football. I don't know how those refs do their job to the, to begin with. Right. So uh, <laughs> tough loss for the Eagles though. We were, we were a little, we were, we were definitely bumming out over here. I know like our dads who are lifelong diehard Eagles fans, my dad, my wife's dad, I mean, they are probably in mourning today. I mean, actual mourning. <laughs> so, you know, better luck next year.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would be too. At least the future's yeah, still bright. Yeah. Jalen Hurts played really well. Uh, for, for all the hockey historians out there, I, I will just say that I had a conversation with, with Troy Murray about this today. And he pointed out the 1993 Stanley Cup Finals between the Wayne Gretzky-led Los Angeles Kings and the Montreal Canadiens. The Blackhawks, of course, were in Montreal this week to play the Habs. And in Game 2 of, of the Stanley Cup Finals, there was a big call against Kings defenseman Marty McSorley. He was penalized late in the third period with the Kings ahead for using an illegal stick. Montreal tied the game on that power play. They won Game 2 in overtime and then won the subsequent three games in that series to win the Stanley Cup. And that was the last time a Canadian team won a Stanley Cup Finals. So there, there have certainly been some big calls made in high leverage moments in the Stanley Cup playoffs, even the Stanley Cup final as well. But we are prisoners of the moment. And actually, we talked with our guest, Taylor Radish, about his thoughts on the Super Bowl, some of the prop bets that were going on. And we got to know Taylor a little bit more off the ice as well. We really enjoyed our conversation with Taylor. We think you will also take a watch or a listen, depending on your preferred podcast platform medium of choice and today we're chatting with Taylor Radish forward for the Blackhawks Taylor thanks so much for joining us from the Blackhawks road trip uh you know big sporting event obviously to start the week the Super Bowl did you have a rooting interest in the game and and what did you think of it
3: I didn't really have a big rooting interest until some of the guys we had some internal bets and stuff like that and kind of makes it cheer for a team so we ended up a lot of us took the chiefs and it was nice to see them win but I'm actually a Bills fan and a, and a Packers fan so both of them got eliminated so it was kind of hard to see and um, yeah but it was, a, it was a fun day overall just to kind of everyone be together and watch the game and it was a, a fun night
0: so Kaylee and I and let's let's just get to, to get to the point here Taylor Kaylee and I actually have rooting interests for the Packers as well. And, you know, it's not really a popular opinion, given the fact that, that we're all working in Chicago now. But uh, I grew up in Wisconsin, so those are, those are my ties to the Packers. Kaylee has family from Wisconsin. Her husband played for the Packers. But uh, what about you? Growing up in, in the Toronto metro area, how did you land on the Packers as your NFL team?
3: Well, I'm actually the complete opposite. I have zero relation to Wisconsin area. But my dad actually was a big Packers fan, so... Kind of growing up watching football, there wasn't a Canadian team other than the CFL, but I feel like NFL is kind of the big stage and you want to watch that, so it was kind of just followed what he did, Watch watch the Packers on Sunday, and I guess the closest team would be Buffalo, and ever since the last couple years, kind of fell in love with that team, and, and uh, especially their quarterback there.
2: So with the Super Bowl, is there anything else you won as far as bets goes? Did you like Rihanna? What did you think of uh... – the whole halftime show.
3: Yeah, I thought it was good. What
2: was the what was the group effort? What did they all think?
3: I thought it was pretty good. We we uh, yeah, kind of. I guess we had some little bets on like the props and stuff with uh,
2: <laughs> internally
3: with the coin toss and stuff, which didn't work out in my favor. But um, yeah, I thought thought it was all good. The Rihanna thing was. It's always fun to watch that. We here in Canada, we're in Montreal right now, and kind of the. We had the Canadian commercial, so it was a little, a little different. Some guys were upset about that, but I feel like overall it was, it was fun to watch and uh, uh, a good, a good show for the night. I was,
0: I was thrilled with, the, with the Rihanna halftime show. And as far as prop bets go, there, I did not think that Jay Z was going to come up on stage in the middle. And I was, I was a little bit nervous <laughs> when she started singing some of her Jay Z collabs. But ultimately, uh, I, I, I cleared that hurdle also. <laughs> Taylor, I. I wanted to ask you about actually a play in the Super Bowl, and specifically that play late in the game where the uh, the officials threw a flag on that drive by Kansas City that ultimately allowed Kansas City essentially to to bleed out the rest of the clock and then kick a, a game winning field goal. You know, as an as an athlete, do you not want to see officials? you know, make big calls like that in, in high leverage situations, or, or what did you think of that play and that call from an athlete's point of view?
3: It's obviously, it's hard with uh, the game so fast and kind of split, split decisions just to make a quick, a quick call like that. But I feel like there's times in in any game, they let stuff go, things get called that you don't think should be. But at the end of the day, I feel like that's just the way sports are and things are going to go that way. And it's always, it's hard when you're on the wrong side of it, but when you're on the, the side you want you want that call and you get it, it's obviously you want to take it and and uh, you're happy, happy with the result in the end. But I feel like it just goes either way. It's it's hard when, when it is on your side, but that's just the way sports are, and and uh, we need refs for, for, those, for those reasons.
2: Uh, that, that was a great answer, Kaylee. I, I don't know what you thought about that. Wow. Yeah, I agree. That was a great answer. We actually got into a really big discussion about whether or not it's right for players to be able to make comments on the officiating after a game whether they should be fined or not from the player's perspective how often do you notice maybe officials kind of doing things that would instigate you in in some ways or like bother you on the ice to where you feel like it you kind of you feel like you should be able to say something about their officiating if they're able to talk to you and do things on the ice that you wouldn't normally agree with does that happen often or not really
3: yeah I feel like it does a lot it's the game's so competitive and even the refs too, the game's at a high pace and they're trying to be involved and feel the emotion of the game as well. So they, when they make a, a wrong call or right call and players are pissed, I know at times I've probably yelled at a ref and stuff like that and been frustrated, but I feel like as a player, you got to kind of flush it out as easily as you can. And it sometimes is hard, like you were saying. So it's just the emotion of the game that they, they have it too. They're They're right in there as well. And they're, they're as close as anyone to the game, so it's 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 hard at sometimes, but at sometimes uh, both sides of it kind of give it to each other, and I feel like that's a, a fair way to do it.
0: Taylor, let, let let's get to another big event that's that's coming up later this week. Your birthday, <laughs> happy early birthday! Thank you. <laughs> Turning the of turn the, turn the big twenty-five, right quarter of a century down. That's a that's a big milestone, man. I know
3: it's it's kind of crazy when I. You kind of first started leaving home at 16, and then to think now it's like holy crap, it's, it's turning 25 this year. It's you don't really think about it until you hit these numbers. I'm not old by any means, but just kind of every year just getting further and further down the line. It's kind of kind of crazy to think about.
0: Does, time doesn't stop, and uh, and it, and trust me, as as someone who's you know I, I'm the elder statesman on this panel right now. I, I'm in my 30s, believe it or not, so I am actually old. Uh, the, the time only time only accelerates, but but in a good way. What do you what do you think, Kaylee?
2: I mean, I think so, right? I'm older, so I'd like to think that we're getting better with age, Chris. So 25 still seems really young to me. It's weird looking at birthdays now and thinking like I look at guys that are 93, 92, and I'm like, ugh, you know, they're older. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Uh, it's tough, but Taylor, you've had uh, a great ride so far. You've got to play for two really cool teams. You're a part of Tampa Bay's Stanley Cup success. Um, what have you thought about kind of your journey now as you look back? You're going to be 25 years old and, you know, making your from making your NHL debut with Tampa Bay to being traded to Chicago. Like how, how do you feel about your game and just kind of the journey to get here?
3: Yeah, it's obviously – it was kind of a little difficult ride for me with just – First, starting off in Tampa, they had so many good teams, and you feel like every year it's kind of your year, year, year to kind of get a shot. But I feel like my time in down in Syracuse with Tampa Bay's farm team was a big help for me, just kind of playing lots of hockey down there and developing, and kind of taking them taking my time on me to kind of make me ready to be able to play. And I feel like that was that was huge for for my future and and for my career. And it was obviously, like I said, it was hard when you feel like it's your time and it's not. And then, uh, yeah, last year, kind of getting my first game there last year was unbelievable. With finally making that team and kind of just putting it all into perspective, and yeah, I feel like last year was kind of a weird situation, getting traded. I've n- never thought I was going to get traded. It's always hard like that, but I was uh, more than happy to come to Chicago, and so far it's been uh, great for me, and I and I've I've loved it every every second so far. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: Taylor, you mentioned that you, that you didn't think you were going to get traded. I, I mean, how how shocked were you when when you got the call or uh, were, were called into the to the general manager's office or whatever the case was? What what do you remember feeling in that moment?
3: I remember we had a day off actually, and I knew Tampa has the one of the hardest cap situations every year feels like. But it's kind of in the same thing last year it was they were in the same spot, and it was uh, it was a day off, and they just randomly got a phone call. I was, kind of out of shock, and kind of felt like it was going to be very hard for them to make a move, and they they ended up making one that they wanted, and um, yeah, it was just a kind of a weird feeling. You you get traded, and two hours later on a plane, and I was on a plane to Minnesota, and we, we had a, a 12 o'clock game the next afternoon, so it was kind of a, a crazy, I guess, less than 24 hours for me.
2: When you mentioned like how hard it is in Tampa like how great a team they had trying to find where you could fit in the lineup what sort of what did you lean on or you know what sort of things did you kind of like keep in mind when you're trying to get to that next level and you realize how competitive the team is I mean what stood out to you about being able to be a regular in the lineup with Tampa that first year and what you were able to do to get that opportunity on such a talented team
3: Yeah, it was almost just kind of trying to find my role. It was a uh the team kind of was set everywhere with offensive guys and second line, third line, fourth line. So it was kind of whatever spot I was kind of put in. And I was mostly third, fourth line there. So it was kind of being more of a, a role player and just trying to contribute that way. I'm not going to, wasn't going to play a lot of minutes every night and kind of just had to adapt to working hard and, and being, uh, and trying to create as much as I can with the time I had and, and just uh, create energy for the team. And that was kind of my role there. And, um, I feel like it, it helped me uh, help me for sure. Just kind of being put in a spot like that when I haven't been before, and just kind of challenging me on that.
0: You know, talking to guys, Taylor, and, and feel free to either agree or disagree with this, but you know, it's it's one huge step to just make the NHL, but then it, it, it's another huge step to establish yourself in the NHL and and, and really become a, an NHL regular and it's your second full season in the league now you, you've passed the 100 game milestone all the while you know you were traded you' you're, you're with your second organization so with one almost full season in Chicago under your belt uh, you know starting the, this season with with the organization do you feel settled uh, you know do you feel established how, how do you think your game has evolved here in in your second season in the league
3: yeah I feel like just I don't never want to say you're settled. You don't ever want to kind of be complacent with, with what you're given. So it's, I feel like just coming in this year, I, I knew I was going to have a, a better opportunity to play and, and get more minutes and, than I have in the past. And, yeah, I feel like just kind of at the start of the year, I wanted to make an impact as fast as I could just to keep solidifying my spot and in the lineup, whether it was whatever line it was. And I feel like just with the guys we have on this team, I, know, I feel like we've – we've kind of gelled really well and and uh yeah i'm i'm happy with my game at some points and sometimes i i feel like i could be better and that's just the way it's going to go throughout a season and i just got to keep building and building and uh yeah i never want to be complacent with where i am and you always just want to keep trying to get better and i feel like we've 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 kind of done that in the recent couple months here with with our team and we just got to keep um keep building uh to to finish the season
2: it must have helped a lot having Boris with you throughout the whole process you guys go back to when you were young kids played lacrosse together played hockey together got traded together uh how much did it help having him and what sort of things did you guys talk about when you were traded together last year to the Blackhawks
3: yeah it was actually it's actually fun we've known each other since I think we were nine years old we we played on a team Ontario lacrosse team so it's kind of been a while and we've always been uh, pretty good friends since then and yeah just a. Uh, have him through every step just kind of makes it a little easier, whether it was finally making, getting drafted to Tampa and then finally making the team. We've kind of just had each other for, for by each other's side the whole time, and it's it's uh, a little less nerve-wracking every day. And then once we, we got traded together too, it was, we didn't really know the full details on, on what, what was happening. I knew how I was going. I didn't know if anyone else was. And then once I found out he was too, it just kind of just makes the whole process just – I don't, I don't know. It's kind of a, a weird feeling. It's When you go by yourself, I'm kind of a shy guy when I first meet people. And just to know I had Bo there with me, it, it, it kind of made it a, a lot better for me at the start. And I was actually fortunate enough to know a couple of players too before. So it was it was kind of an easy, smooth transition. But I feel like just having Bo there every step of the way has been a, a lot of fun for both of us.
0: Taylor, Caledon is where your hometown is listed at. Uh, understand that you were originally from Georgetown, and there are, to your point, a couple other players on the Blackhawks roster with Georgetown ties, Mackenzie Antwistle, Jason Dickinson. Now that you're getting settled in Chicago, though, uh, I'd love to hear what you think of, of Chicago in comparison to Toronto. My fiancé's from Toronto. She frequently compares the two cities a lot. She f- sees a lot of similarities between Chicago and and, and Toronto, the the restaurant scene the the multiculturalism kind of the vibe what, what do you think what what's the what's the compare and contrast between Chicago and Toronto would you say
3: yeah I would say they're pretty similar just with the big city and kind of all that but I feel like I haven't been downtown as much as now I live downtown in Chicago so I feel like Chicago's got way better food and um, I'm kind of <laughs> a big fan of that with with all the restaurants we have and we're fortunate to have in Chicago so. I feel like Chicago has that. And uh, I also like it more because I don't feel like it's as busy as Toronto. I feel like when you go downtown Toronto, you're you're stuck in traffic all day. But in Chicago, it's sometimes heavy, but it's max 10, 15 minutes. And where Toronto, it could be, who knows, hours. And I feel like uh, that's a, a really good thing to have about Toronto. I mean, uh, Chicago as well.
0: <laughs> okay, but please don't tell me that your favorite restaurant in Chicago is Gibson's Italia.
3: I know I actually seen a lot of guys put that, and
2: <laughs> that's what I everyone know. says. There's,
3: there's, I'm uh, kind of a, I really like that place. It's it's actually it's, it's kind of got great food and really good vibe, and it's kind of nice just being over the river there.
0: I don't, yeah, I don't I don't mean to throw shade at Gibson's Italia, but it, it does seem to be somewhat of a of a go to response. That's a that's another. Discussion point, Taylor, I, I would say that we've uh, that we've had on the, on the podcast before. All about
2: the food. <laughs> All about the food. Uh, Taylor, I want to ask you about your lacrosse career. You a uh, multi-sport athlete growing up. I couldn't find any of your highlights when I was Googling it <laughs> on YouTube or anything, but it's. I, I did see that Dylan Strom said you were a better lacrosse player than a hockey player, arguably. So, what was uh, your lacrosse background growing up, and um, how did you decide between hockey and lacrosse?
3: Yeah, I feel uh, when I was younger, I was kind of more into lacrosse, and maybe because I was a little better at it. I don't know. When you're at a younger age, you kind of maybe that's one thing I was doing. But yeah, I was I was uh, played in Halton Hills. Actually, it's where Georgetown is, but it was just uh, kind of the bigger region, so I was played for Halton my whole life, and um, I think I quit when I was probably. 13 or 14 I'm not really sure but it was kind of that age group where you had to pick one and maybe focus on one and I don't know what it was but I uh I just kind of said like I'm done with lacrosse it was kind of kind of balancing out to where I was kind of even at both and I feel like I was getting tired of running I know it's kind of cheesy to say but <laughs> but I on that hard floor all the time it was hard on my knees and I was a heavier kid when I was little. I know some guys will give it to me for that, but it kinda it was uh that was one one of the reasons as well. But yeah, I feel like um I uh I really enjoyed lacrosse. It was a a good sport to have in in the summertime and I feel like it a lot of things transition to hockey with and uh it's a good team sport as well.
2: No shame in agree. Have you you always been taller than everybody, like kind of bigger than everybody?
3: Yeah, bigger and taller. I feel like until yes. I, until now, I was uh, when I was younger, I was a little heavier, and I know a lot of guys, even with with uh, Mackenzie and Dickie and uh, Boris, actually, they all uh, give it to me all the time for that. But it's uh, just <laughs> something I uh, needed to change, and I luckily I did.
0: <laughs> Puberty's a powerful yeah. thing, man. I mean, uh, just uh, it, it, it nice, just Chris. happens. <laughs> Although, hey, I mean, are, are you going to have a cheap meal for your birthday?
3: Yeah, I'll order a pizza from somewhere. I know I'm kind of thinking that right now, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> Maybe get the guys over. We'll do that. What,
0: what what Have you found a good pizza spot in Chicago that you like?
3: I feel like when I'm on DoorDash, it's everything. Every time I look on it, it's something with pasta or pizza. So it's kind of hard to, to swipe by it. But I feel like right now, Jets pizza is kind of, when I do it, that's what I go for. And it's a little heavier. I get that four cornered pizza. It's, it's pretty heavy, but whenever I do it, that's kind of the spot I, I choose to go to.
0: I I'm a I don't know if it if it's like a guilty pleasure, but I'm a huge fan of of Jets Pizza. You know, in terms of like the the to go, you know, order in. I, I know it's not a Chicago chain or anything like that. I think it's Detroit actually, which is you know probably not good to say, but. <laughs> Man, it's uh, the four corner. It's good, and it sticks to your ribs too, with a little bit of a crust there. So, good
2: call. Uh, Are you a rancher? Then we had this discussion. Oh no, you (laughs) don't dip your pizza in ranch, do you? I say you are. I
3: I never did until a a couple couple years ago, and then I started. I started doing it a bit, and I'm I'm a fan of it. But I go either way. I'm not really. If I don't have it, I don't eat it. But if it's there, I I might throw it on the plate. (laughs) who who
0: converted you
3: i just i don't know who it was i think just kind of being in the america i feel like that's because in canada i don't think ranch is like a big thing with pizza and kind of just coming over here it was always a on the side like when they put the sides out it was ranch so it's kind of uh, just felt natural to dip it and it tastes pretty good
2: (laughs) um taylor you talked about being a little bit shy when uh, you first get into a room, but you had Tyler Johnson here in Chicago, and then you've got you know some big-time players like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze, but on Tampa, obviously, a lot of future Hall of Famers there as well. What was it coming you know, from that room, Stanley Cup championship room, to then coming in a, a team that's a rebuild, still has some great veteran presence and some superstars in Kane and Taze, but for you just adjusting to a completely new culture, team, when did you start to feel pretty comfortable
3: yeah, it was actually pretty easy for me when I first came here last year. I knew Alex and Dylan and Mackenzie and mm-hmm. also Tyler Johnson. So I was kind of knew some some uh, familiar faces and and friends. And I feel like it was a uh, like I said, it was an easy transition. And I feel like all the guys have since I came here have been have been great. It's been a it's been a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I feel like just even with with Kane and Taves, they're they're two guys that are have been around forever. And they're uh, pretty easy to, to come to the rink with every day and get along with. So it's I feel like just the whole room in, in general's been uh it's been great. And even coming in this year with the new guys we got, it's it's been a lot of fun. We've had some good times, some some bad times with, with the way the seasons went, but I feel like um, throughout it we've we've all uh, been pretty close throughout the whole process of it and and uh even just coming to the rink every day still it's it's we're all having fun and, and enjoying it and and uh keep wanting to grow, grow together on and off the ice.
0: Taylor, have you thought at all about off-season training? Will you head back to Toronto? Will you stay in Chicago for the summer? Chicago's a great summer town. This is my my shameless plug for Chicago in the summer.
3: Yeah, I've uh, I've always went back home to to train back there, and I know uh, everyone's been talking to me how how nice Chicago was in the summer. I've never never experienced it. Just last year, when I came here. I was just staying in the hotel for a month when I for the rest of the season, so I didn't really have a place and. But now that I, I got a spot in Chicago, I'm sure I'll, I'll be back a few times and get to check it out in the warmer weather. And Yeah, but I'll probably go back and forth for most of it and just uh, come come down for a couple of weeks here and there and just kind of experience the, the summertime here.
0: And, and a quick flight, too, Toronto to Chicago. Easy to get back and forth, maybe, maybe easier than Tampa. I can't say. I know the, the if there are direct flights from Tampa to Toronto. But all right. I'm sure you get asked this question a lot and I'm sorry to be the last person to ask it, but your fiance, her name is, is also Taylor. So how do you sort that out? I mean, does one of you get Tay and the other gets Taylor or, you know, how, how have you ironed out the the communication?
3: There? Yeah, we just, she goes by Tay and I go by T and it's kind of hard when you're in that <laughs> kind of hard for when you're in the public and people call you Taylor and Taylor, but I feel like at home, it's been, it's been pretty easy for us because I've always went by T and she's always went by Tay so it's kind of it's uh that way it's been easy but like I said when we're in public and someone says Taylor we're both looking and yeah we gotta figure out what we're gonna do here for for documents and stuff when lit for for the future coming up because just uh someone's got to change something I think.
0: Maybe keep her maiden name just for the sake of clarity. I mean, yeah, who, who, that's a, that's a good point. But it's got to be. Are you at the eye roll point yet? Where you know, every every time people find out, I'm sure they they. Say, oh, you guys have the same name. It's
3: it's actually funny when you go to when I came to Chicago for the first time or meet people for the first time. It's so I was like, oh, I'm Taylor, and this is my fiance Taylor, and they're like, what? They they kind of give you like a stunned eye, like seriously. But it's <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's uh, I think it's funny. It's it's uh the way it is for us and it's and uh it doesn't bother us so as long as well as long as we're happy with it we don't care it's it's the way it should be so it's been it's been fun
0: what what if you have a son would would, would oh. taylor jr be uh taylor, ever-
3: <laughs> no Triple t. no i can't do that got gotta got a...
2: <laughs> or a dog
3: yeah it works for both so <laughs> maybe we gotta ch- get rid of the t i think we'll change it right up <laughs>
0: So, some imagination would be, would be good <laughs> there. That's for sure. Taylor, thanks a lot for doing this. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, Kaylee obviously had, had tracked your career from her time in Tampa, but, uh, it, it's been great having you on the team. Congratulations on establishing yourself in the NHL. You know, certainly you can statistically, you can point to, uh, you know, your numbers this year are, are higher than they were last year. And, um, You know, you've been uh, working and grinding your way to this point. So congratulations, happy birthday, and and lots of continued luck and success in the future. We really
3: appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It It was fun.
0: All right, it's time now for Sellies and Chirps. You know the drill by now. But in case it's your first time watching the Blackhawks Insider Podcast, the three of us bring a discussion point to the group and invite the others to either celebrate it or chirp it. Guys, Super Bowl Sunday is one of my favorite days of the year. So to continue the the Super Bowl discussion that we've had already on this show, I would love to address the Super Bowl halftime show featuring Rihanna. And I'll just come out and say that I loved it. I thought it was fabulous. I understand that it maybe didn't have the grandeur of last year's Super Bowl halftime show or Super Bowl halftime shows with comparable acts Beyonce's Super Bowl halftime show comes to mind but I thought it was true to Rihanna's style and it was just a we were talking about this before we we started the show Colby just a good way to remember how many bangers Rihanna had (laughs) so I know my broadcast partner Troy Murray was on the opposite side of this argument he hated the Super Bowl halftime (laughs) show I think highlighting the generation gap as much as anything else but what did you guys think
2: I loved it. Bad girl RiRi. She crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I love the red belly for being pregnant. I thought um, she came out hot and crushed it. So like you said, it wasn't, it was different. I don't really look at Super, I can't compare Super Bowl performances. I just think they're so different depending on the artist. And it, it kind of has to make sense with the venue and Time and everything. Like, I thought JLo and Shakira did a great job when they united together. Last year was one of my favorite all time, even though a lot of people didn't like it. I thought the throwback and what they did and 50 Cent dropping down like a bat was unreal and nostalgic for a lot of people. So, this year I thought it was just crazy too. She hasn't had a, a concert or performed in so long because she's been doing like Fenty beauty and fashion and, and makeup and crushing it that way. So I thought this was really, really good. It seemed like all the feedback, both male and female, were kind of in favor of her. She did a great job.
0: Yeah. So Kaylee, I, I, I did want to just ask, um, yeah. is it true that you dropped a bad girl Riri name drop on <laughs> a Blackhawks radio broadcast with John Wideman? Did that actually happen?
2: Oh, it happened. We gotta clip that one. John was like, You got Eagles or Chiefs? and I said bad girl Riri and I think he almost lost it on the spot. <laughs> so he's not a Riri fan to my knowledge. Um hopefully he is after last night, but he uh, I don't I don't know if he knew what I was talking about.
1: Well, he uh, he's definitely a Chiefs fan. We know that, and, and I assume when you oh, yeah. said "bad girl," Riri, he was thinking you were talking <laughs> in a different. He was thinking you were talking in a different language. I think there's uh, probably a little bit of that uh, that gap you were talking about between you and Troy. Chris is probably right there with, with Kaylee and, and Johnny Wideman, but I'm with you too. Like I, I really thought that um, Rihanna did a nice job, and the thing is, is that. Um, I'm not the, like, Rihanna's not like, uh, you know, I didn't see her being picked to do the show and getting super excited about it like I did last year. You know, I thought last year was unbelievable with all of the, you know, the nostalgia and I think like 50 Cent and Dr. Dre. I mean, it was just like all of our probably hip-hop favorites and I will say the biggest takeaway for me was kind of a reminder of like how many nights that I was out in college and we were at a place and Rihanna song came on and everybody got really excited and it was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that song. Oh yeah, I forgot about that song. So yeah, probably not the same level of dancing and and showmanship as like Shakira and JLo, but hey, that's not Rihanna's style. She stayed true to it. There's a reason she's performing at the halftime of the Super Bowl. She's obviously big time. So I'm I'm certainly uh, certainly not chirping it at all. I thought that uh, it was a job well done, and I think it went with the game. I think the game was good, the halftime was good, and I don't think there's much to complain about when it comes to the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, except if you ask most Eagles fans, they're they're pretty bitter today. So um, tough day, tough yeah,
0: day. To fly Eagles, fly
1: for sure. And and I guess staying with that topic, you know, of football and of the Super Bowl, which is kind of where my cellular chirp goes, is. You know, I'm 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 wondering how the city of Chicago feels about Matt Nagy getting a Super Bowl ring. I mean, he was here with the Bears. I don't think people here liked him very much. I, I the sentiment about Matt Nagy was not great while uh, he was here. But for me, I, I'm not chirping it. I'm not a Bears fan, and I'm not from here, so I guess I don't have the same level of emotion towards it. But I would compare it for me towards. You know what? I was happy that Andy Reid won another Super Bowl. Andy Reid was the coach of the Eagles my entire childhood. He's the winningest coach of the Eagles all time. They did not win a Super Bowl with him, but they were right there. They were good every year. Uh, He was always a classy guy, felt like he represented the team in the city well. So, you know, like there was a little silver lining in it for me. I I really was. I was happy that, that he won again. I think he's one of the best NFL coaches. Um, there ever was. And so I'm going to celebrate Matt Nagy getting the Super Bowl ring. I don't think many of our fans will appreciate that or agree with me on that one. Uh, but Kaylee, what are you thinking there? I mean, you're from Chicago. You've, you've, you've been pretty close to the NFL for a long time. So you might have a, a, an interesting take on this.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if it's interesting, but thank you. <laughs> I'm not gonna like chirp somebody else having success when they've moved on and I'm not a diehard Bears fan obviously with my husband having played in the league I was a fan of him and whatever team he played for so Bears fans are gonna be Bears fans go Pat! go I see that right there Bosters <laughs> um, sorry Chicago fans <laughs> But um, I, I'll celebrate it. I mean, he, he won, and sure, he didn't have a great run here in, in the eyes of a lot of Bears fans, but I, I'm not going to knock somebody else for having success when they've moved on to another team. And who knows? Maybe this uh, works well for him, and he gains a lot of valuable experience and is able to do things moving on in his career that he wasn't able to do in Chicago. So I'm going to celebrate it.
0: I thought that Matt Nagy really crushed the PR point of – the situation when he was asked during Super Bowl media day about his time in Chicago. And, and he praised quarterback Justin Fields and said that he thinks he's going to be a really good NFL player over the course of his career. So credit Matt Nagy for, for taking the high ground there. Yeah. I'll, I'll celebrate that. I don't think, I don't think it, it, it's beyond the capacity for Chicago bears fans to, you know, feel good for Matt Nagy that he won a, A Super Bowl as an assistant. I mean, he came from Kansas City, had a lot. That that was what made him an attractive head coaching candidate for the Bears in the first place. I think it would be much different if Matt Nagy had gone on to be the head coach of another team and was vying for a Super Bowl because he didn't have the success in Chicago that Andy Reid had in, in Philadelphia before moving to his next head coaching destination. So. I think given given the circumstances, yeah, I'll, I'll celebrate this. But if they were a little bit tweaked, I, I'm not sure that, that Bears fans would be <laughs> so magnanimous.
2: So my celebration in Chirps, not specific to the Super Bowl, but it made me think of it a lot because all the cameras and phones, and I saw, like, Brittany Mahomes right next to Patrick with her phone the whole time, and that's kind of what you see when you look at highlights and him holding the trophy up and you see, like, her phone and everyone's phone, So my question, that LeBron James picture went viral, and it was him becoming the all-time points leader in the NBA, and every single person in the photo had their phone out. I mean, it's very crazy looking when you just look at it. And I'm not like a dinosaur. I'm not against filming it. I think it's cool. Like I like having, when Ovechkin scored his 800th goal, I liked having a picture of me there because I was like that's where I was in the building you know of myself but I'm not going to go take a picture of Ov necessarily like from the press box level to have on my phone there's a million other pictures so long story short are you celebrating or are you chirping being in the moment and putting your phone away for a moment like what LeBron James had or Mahomes lifting the trophy or are you getting your phone out and snapping every pick you can
0: I've gone back and forth on this personally, and and as a fan, you know I've tried to be at, at times, be both. I, at times I've tried to be a fan who's just solely in the moment as it happens and not watching it through a cell phone screen, because sometimes it's like you, you know you catch yourself and you're like, "Wait a second, I'm at this event live and I'm still watching it on a screen. What am I doing? <laughs> at yeah. the same time, I think there is something to be said for posterity and remembering and and having some kind of digital record of of this event when it happens but i i still think that the the memory imprint is what it's what's going to carry you along longer i mean you're going to reflect on it in your head more than you're going to like scroll through the thousands of pictures or videos that you have on your phone to try and then relive that memory so what
2: about um, a concert if- specifically
0: I don't know. Concerts, I guess, are long enough where you can record clips and yeah. I don't know, and still enjoy it without your phone as an interface. But I, I guess, I'm gonna chirp this and, and still, you know, not to sound like a, a get off my lawn guy, but I, I've been there, I've done it, by, <laughs> but I've done my it lawn. myself, <laughs> out, I, I do it. But like, you know, I don't know. Like, I think there's something to be said for just for just being. Uh, being in the moment, at least have the phone off to the side. Like, you know, then you can, <laughs> no, do then you, that then
2: long. you do look like a get off your lawn guy. If you're going like this, <laughs> <laughs> do not do that.
1: <laughs> well, Kelly, I, I think the first thing you said was kind of interesting because you're like, well, I, maybe I take a picture of me there to document that and less about actually filming the moment. And, and I think that that's kind of a cool take on it because I, I'm also going to chirp this. I'm, I'm, first and foremost bad at this because like I just don't think oh let me get my phone to document this um, it's it happens to me with photographs it's happened to me with big sports moments in my own personal i mean I've just never been quick to be like let me get my phone out and and get pictures of this so Um, I think you got to sit there and, and you're there at the game. Like if you wanted it on your phone, you could have just stayed home and, and watched it on TV and then taken the clip off of Twitter from someone of the million people that are posting these same things. So I just thought it was really interesting. The picture you're talking about, Kaylee, when they put it side by side to when Michael Jordan had like his, or it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had his everybody was sitting there watching. And I know cell phones weren't a thing then. And I I get it. It's not apples to apples, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you too. I I don't, I don't really personally care for that. It's not something that I personally would do or even think to do. Um, Like my wife is a lot better about getting her phone out and being like, oh, let's get a picture of this. Let's document this. And like, I'm sure, Um, I'll get better at it, especially, you know, with things, you know, changing and adding family members and this and that, but, but yeah, I I'm kind of old school in the thought that like, you can't replicate living that moment, being there with that moment. I mean, when you're sitting around with your friends now talking about things that happened, when we were in middle school or high school when we didn't have iphones yet at that point i mean we might have had cell phones but they certainly didn't have the capabilities that they have now we laughed just as hard telling a story about something stupid my friend did in the lunchroom when we were in seventh grade that we do if there's a picture of something from a bachelor party five years ago so I think you can never replicate the memory, and I do think it's it's kind of part of our problem in society is, like, the screens. Like, everyone is, in, is, is with the screen at all time. I'm guilty of it. Whenever my screen time comes up on my cell phone on Sunday night, there are days where I'm like, oh, my God, like, I don't want anyone to know this. This is horrifying. So, um, chirping it uh with you completely i think if you want you get your picture of you there in the moment and that way it's like kind of about you for the for the future you know so Mm -hmm. yeah i i don't want to be a get off my lawn person either but if i got (laughs) if that's how i gotta be if that's how i gotta be then that's how i gotta be
0: (laughs) i guess uh, i guess let's uh end on a positive note i don't think you can make a wrong decision i mean if you if you take the phone out then you've got it you better anyway Yep. And uh, if not, then you then then you can say that you were the one person in the in the crowd that didn't. I don't know. What do you think about that, Kayla? Is that a good way to end it?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good one. I like how you summed it. Usually, we're going like we're heated by the end of my cellular chirp. So I like know. the ending on this really. one.
1: <laughs> you're the you're 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 the you just sit there and you're like, how can I just stir the pot Pope's of the cellular there. chirps?
2: <laughs> I didn't have a a stir one this week, but I think it's a good good conversation to have every time.
0: Totally. That, that, that was a, a great sellier chirp per usual, Kaylee.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: With that,
0: go ahead, Colby. Go ahead. I was going
1: to say, we might just have to give Kaylee the segment and just start letting her <laughs> run sellies and chirps because hers are so much more thought-provoking. I feel like uh, we, always, we always have a much stronger discussion point around, around Kaylee's. So. I'll think about it.
0: Own it, Kaylee. Own it.
2: Thank you.
1: All right, we are out of
0: time on this episode. Thank you, as always, for listening and joining us. Remember, Blackhawks.com, the place to go for additional content if you still have a craving. And our thanks, as always, to Brad Dollar and Southside Jake for the music featured on this podcast. Thank you to our producers, Jenna Rose and Trevor Bray. For Colby Cohen and Kaylee Chelios, I'm Chris Vosters signing off on this episode of the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. We'll talk to you next week.